electricity, a big idea that's inspired countless new ones. From powering the light bulb to virtually powering our entire lives. 30 years ago, State Street launched the Spider S&P 500 ETF, SPY. A big idea that inspired the world to invest differently. And still does. What can you do with SPY? Before investing, consider the funds, investment objectives, risks, charges, and expenses. Visit SSGA.com for a prospectus containing this and other information. Read it carefully before investing. SPY is subject to risks similar to those of stocks. All ETFs are subject to risk, including possible loss of principal. Alps Distributors, Inc. Distributor. It's Jim Cramer here. You're listening to the opening bell of CNBC's Squawk on the Street. Don't miss a minute of the action. Good Monday morning and welcome to Squawk on the Street. I'm Sarah Eisen with Jim Cramer. Jim, thanks for having me here. Carl has the morning off. David is on assignment. Take a look at futures as we begin a new week of trading. Coming off of another ugly week last week. We've cut our losses. Still looks like down triple digits, down 101 on the Dow. S&P futures down 16. NASDAQ down 47. We were down about 300 earlier in the morning. We'll begin with the markets under pressure as concerns about inflation and Fed rate hikes remain front and center. This, of course, after Friday, we saw a big sell-off. The Dow had its worst one-day performance since October 2020, falling 2.8 percent, almost 1,000 points there into the close, Jim. All about the Fed. And this morning, we've got new worries about China's lockdown expanding to Beijing, the, the heart of the, of the country, after some mass testing. And Shanghai has been shut down for nearly a month. Well, first, delighted to work with you. Thank you. Look, I think that... Important day, too. Yes. I, I think that we have to recognize that there are, there are self-inflicted issues. Uh, when I look at the fact that China could have gotten the BioNTech, which is the same as Pfizer, uh, and then didn't build out the infrastructure to do it. Thank you, Dr. Scott Gottlieb, for helping me there. I wonder, well, what do they want? Do they want a a kind of, I mean, I hate to be too graphic, but a Stephen King, the stand where you can't control something? Because remember, like that, you don't, your vaccine doesn't work. It doesn't matter. I'm more concerned with uh, Ukraine, Russia right now, only because uh, we haven't built in the, the declines in, in earnings per share that we're going to get from Europe. Uh, and then your excellent interview last week, which tells me that we have uh, much in store that's negative, except for, for the financials, of which nobody wants to touch. The analysts are all very caught flat-footed it seems here. like capital markets outweigh higher rates on financials. True. But you, look, everybody could slow things. All right. So the Fed could say, you know what, we're going to I don't want this, by the way. I want the Fed to do 75, 75, 100. They got to win. They're not going to do 75. No, I know, but that doesn't matter. I'm telling you what I want. Why do you want that? They, they, they don't want to shock anything. You want them to shock? I think the system needs a shock in the same way it needed a shock downward after uh, when we realized that COVID was spreading. The reason I say that is because the, the CEOs I speak to are crying out for this. They can't take it anymore. They can't take endless price increases and think that they can do that. Now, two quarters ago, it was like, hey, you know what? I've got a product and I can do a price increase. And I heard someone this morning say, look, uh, every, I want to own companies that can put through price increases. No, we're at the limit on a lot of different things. Uh, versus, say, when I see what's happening in Ukraine yeah. uh, and I realize, you know, Putin is a madman. He is not quantifiable. His soldiers are not doing well. Uh, the possibility of a stalemate there and then a recognition that, to, that a path to Crimea might be enough. So I, you, know, you can do that. You can save the Chinese reverse direction. And then the next thing you know, we come in and the only thing we're worried about is the Fed, of which I would say, after listening to your interview, well, they, they're more in control than we thought. I, I think what I learned from last week and, and talked to Fed Chair Jay Powell, then spoke to Christine Lagarde of the ECB, who's also right. in a tough spot because Certainly. she's got a single inflation mandate. 
And what I learned is that inflation is obviously fight number one. Right. And they re- they seem to realize that they're behind the curve and that they've got, they've got to get on top of it, but they don't want to crush the economy. So I think when he says 50 basis points is on the table, it's more hawkish than we've heard him before. But he's careful not to be too much. He talks about a tight labor market. He talks about a tight inflation market. But I, I don't think I think they really feel they can pull off a soft landing. So do I. I think they can do it. There's going to be a couple of bumps. Uh, I think the issue, if you're if you're Jay Powell, is you must recognize what is being said by companies. So you have Brian Winahan coming out and saying, look, the consumer's the strongest he's ever been. So let's take some pain. All right. You can the, the consumer can take some pain and not uh, fall flat. Companies are doing quite well. They can handle the pain. The people who can't handle the pain are the people at the retail level who are trying to swallow all these different increases. And you see that with the, with the crunch. You take a Home Depot, really great company. And I use it as a metaphor. Mm-hmm. I mean, how many price increases can they handle before people stop doing any? Elasticity is kind of is a new buzzword. That's the word. Now, look, we take uh, there's a again, I, I want to be a little granular for a second. There's some downgrades on Trex today and ASEC. OK, so what are those are? Those are doing a deck at your house. That is a beginning of what will happen, which is that you'll say, you know what, I'm going to hold off. It's too expensive. You see, over and over again, we're starting to get that. There was a really interesting Especially discussion. Especially tied to PPG had a really interesting discussion mm. about paint last week. They're still putting through price increases. God love them. And that's terrific. How many more before we just say, you know what, I'm not put whitener, the TIO2, the inside of white is too expensive. So let's go back to your interview. Does Jay Powell know that things are so strong that we can take more than 50? I think so, because he can t- and he and in his version of that is the labor market is very, very strong. People are getting jobs historically strong. In fact, people are getting wage increases. And I think he sees room there and that the consumer's in good shape and the consumer balance sheets are. are t- I, I also get the sense that this is a Fed that talks to business, that, that he is here. Yes. You know, you see that not a, little a president, bit in, but a Fed, not a president, not not sure about a Treasury, but definitely a Fed president, who, who Fed governor uh, chair, I should say, who talks to. Business. I think that the China, the China story presents a new risk because, like, in a in a way, like the Ukraine story, it's a little stagflationary. Because on one hand, you have this idea of weaker global growth as a result of China, the second biggest economy on the world, and more potential issues for the supply chain. So what? So what does a Powell do with that? They're buying bonds today. Yields are lower. China. They don't yes. have to do what they're doing. Their hubris is extraordinary. A not invented here vaccine strategy. And, uh, and it, their reports it, of fe- they're fencing in apartment buildings. Well, that's just, I mean, look, I, 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 you know, this is this was a capitalist country that's going back to communist dictatorship roots. And the fact that they don't seem to care that uh, that they can save their people is rather extraordinary. I want to go back to something you and I both talked to uh, James Quincy. I know we got to go to it later in the show. Yeah. But Coca-Cola, the, see, yes. Yeah. But the fact is, we have areas of the economy where fundamentally things change during COVID. Truck drivers. A tremendous number of truck drivers retired. Right. They were elderly. Uh, a tremendous number of people decided they didn't want to be truck drivers. Plus, it's very difficult to learn how to be a truck driver, and you couldn't do it during a period of COVID. I find that until we can get enough truck drivers, you go over J.B. Hunt, which is a great trucking company, then we're going to continue to have this level of inflation here. Now, again, these kinds of inflation is more of a mosaic. Mm-hmm. In China, I totally get that we could have another supply chain problem. But I don't want to go too far and too deep against Russia and China, because what happens if there is a resolution 
of she saying, you know what? I'll go to BioNTech. I am going to bring, or that somehow they get the Pfizer pill. I don't understand where the Pfizer pill is, but that, and, and Russia, I mean, Blinken's there, okay? He, surprise he, visit. Right. Now, surprise visit. And doesn't fear rockets? Is it's a he statement. A fool? Is he a fool or is he making a statement? Making a statement. Would you go? Boris Johnson was there. Would you go? I don't know. I, I, if I had, if, if the U.S. government told me it was safe to go there. What is the U.S. government well, but I don't. Here's what, there. The reason I mention is because if Putin's such a, a crazy man, why didn't he attempt to kill me? And I think the answer is, is he's not so crazy. Let's leave everything on the table when it comes to Russia, because there's no. I mean, now there's fighting in areas that Putin's the great historian, and where they're fighting is in the areas that they had the worst defeat against the Nazis. And he remembers this like it's yesterday. In the Briands, two hundred thousand people caught in one day. You know, these are things he thinks about. And I'm not saying he's he's uh, I mean, he's more bizarre than he is Stalin, but he didn't attempt to blow up Kiev when he had a shot. Right. And so maybe you know, the, I'm, I'm putting I'm positing these because we can get very negative here right now. What happens if one of these three things gets? What happens if James Quincy says it's turned and the and the can the sheet? Aluminum is now in abundance. What the happens sentiment could if, shift very quickly. Right. What it's happens if she says, you know But what? how can you I'm know the, what the end game is? Well, but you can't vote against the end game. If you decide, it's so easy to leave right now, isn't it? It's so easy to leave. But we will come in on Monday, next Monday, mm. and we'll hear that Warren Buffett bought deer, whatever. Mm. We can just, you know, bought, uh, bought Caterpillar and then say to ourselves, did we miss the once in a lifetime? So uh, I think you have to... As a strategy for people at home, you have to find a stock that you never could believe has come down so far and buy some. Are those some of the FANG stocks? Because we're going to get a lot of earnings. We're in a Fed quiet period. And and these stocks, a lot of them, Tom Lee of Fundstrat says, a lot of them are acting, looking like value stocks. He looks at Meta, which reports on Wednesday. Meta is arguably at 14 times earnings. And Meta is very interesting because no one expects a good quarter. So what happens if Mark Zuckerberg says, I've solved the reels and reels will be ready in fourth quarter versus TikTok, and I've been able to figure out thir- third party versus first party. Now I know that, that Zuckerberg is working on these things. Barons also- doesn't seem to like it. Negative cover. Bar- oh, oh, are they at Facebook too? Like <laughs> I am. Good for them. I didn't know. I didn't bump into them. Uh, now, when you look at Alphabet, Alphabet's got a very nice uh, cash situation. Uh, now there are people saying their their ads are weakened. Uh, those of us who've used their ads know it's the ROI is extraordinarily good. Amazon, Andrew did this great, he was there all day. And if you bother to listen on the day that, that Elon Musk decided to, win, to ruin the exclusive, you heard that there's absolutely no way that Amazon isn't doing well. So I don't know. And the, you know, Netflix is still hanging over us, isn't it? Yes. So maybe replace the N in Fang with NVIDIA. Have you no, done that yet? I, I no? backed away from Fang entirely. Having created Fang, I've walked I know away. You did. And NVIDIA is very difficult. I was asking because, your permission to change it. Of course. NVIDIA is difficult because you've got both gaming which obviously from Activision Blizzard is a disaster. And you have, uh, some reason, people are tagging that as crypto. Now remember, they only make crypto cards from the cards that fail to be able to measure up to high performance computing. But it's, it's not the like they've got some big bet on mining, no, which no, it does trade that opposite. way sometimes. They're only yeah. using the throwaways. Yeah. But I just find that NVIDIA is another stock that's hung. You don't know where the bottom is. But you know what? Again, I find these situations where when they're in free fall, attractive. Because most of the time, they're not in free fall. 
Look what they've done this month. NVIDIA down almost 30%. Oh, no, these are disastrous. On the month. Netflix, we know what happened there. Any read-throughs from Netflix, do you think? Any of the other well, big Well, look, I mean, obviously, this, this Warner is very, very tough. Uh, people want to read tomorrow. through a lot. Should be interesting with yeah, CNN Plus I think that, debacle. You know, it, that's become a parlor game of what really happened and who knows what. I kind of find yeah. it boring, but media loves to talk about media. Let's talk about the things that you've been seeing. Let's talk about Lulu last week. Okay. Lulu was extraordinary. Why? Sui generous. No one has their kind of product. I saw your interview with Calvin McDonald. Did you not think he was totally under control in the situation? Absolutely. And what was weird was the market reaction on that day. It sold off. Why? Those are pretty aggressive long-term targets. And they didn't even incorporate some of the sort of net benefits like new product categories around yoga and sneakers. Well, let's flip that. Maybe it just didn't have sold off. And we leave it at that. Man has a five-year plan. You saw what the plan is. It's rather extraordinary. Others are falling apart in the category. So you put Lulu in your shopping list because it should not have gone down. And we'll look back and say, why? I remember that Monday. Lulu was down a lot. Did they like it? And the answer is yes. You're about the upside risks today. That's what I'm taking out of every conversation, every every topic with you. We can look at those, too, because there's a lot of focus on downside. They're playing the music, which means I have to go. No, 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 that's a different hour. (laughs) This hour, we listen to the music and just enjoy it. They play Beethoven if you stick around. The (laughs) sixth. They play the sixth. Not what the producer is saying. When we come back, closer look at what is driving Coca-Cola's better than expected earnings. We just hit on it. You'll hear from James Quincy. We've got an exclusive interview with him coming up at 10 a.m. in Squawk on the Street. We're also going to talk about Twitter and some reports that the board is really finally considering this offer from Elon Musk might happen today. Take a look at futures. I know you have a lot to say there. Dow futures down 117. They've definitely improved considering some of the losses of 5-6% in China on fears of a broader lockdown in Beijing. S&P futures down 17. More Squawk on the Street when we come right back. The spirit of performance defines Acura, and now it's electric. Introducing the all-electric ZDX, Acura's most powerful SUV yet. While what powers their cars may change, the energy that makes Acura never will. Crafted using the same formula that brought them electrified supercars and multiple IMSA championships, the ZDX has track-tested performance that packs an energy all its own. With a premium Bang & Olufsen sound system and up to 313-mile range on a single charge and a Type S variant with an estimated 500 horsepower, the ZDX is everything they said electric could never be. It was built with the driver in mind, just like Acura's been doing since the beginning. We could talk all day, but the only way to experience this electric performance is to drive it yourself. Unlock the energy and order yours at Acura.com. Let's get straight to the point. You want to grow your portfolio to fight rising costs of inflation or pay off your debt or anything standing in the way of you and financial freedom, right? Yahoo Finance, our sponsor today, can help. For more than 25 years, Yahoo Finance has been helping great investors like you. Whether you're a seasoned investor or just looking for tips, Yahoo Finance makes it super easy by putting all the tools and data you need in one spot. Yahoo Finance takes a holistic look at the financial news cycle, including breaking news, original editorial perspectives, analyst ratings, independent research, customizable charts, and more. You can securely link your brokerage accounts for a unified view of your wealth, including 401k and other investments. That's how Yahoo Finance gives you insights and helps you take a look at your wealth in its entirety. That big picture perspective is what great investors need. 
For comprehensive financial news and analysis, visit the brand behind every great investor, yahoofinance.com, the number one financial destination, yahoofinance.com. That's yahoofinance.com. Twitter shares up sharply again in the pre-market, more than almost 5%. Sources telling Reuters that the company is nearing an agreement to sell itself to Elon Musk for 54.20 in cash. That was his offer, best and final, he said. And that Twitter may announce the $43 billion deal later today once its board has met to recommend the transaction to shareholders. Those sources add it is always possible the deal collapses at any minute. What a reversal from the board. I don't know. Where are you on this deal? Because this stock was more than $70 last year. What a reversal, reversal from uh, Facebook and from Pinterest and from Snap. You go over the Snap quarter, which I thought was good, and it didn't matter. So, I mean, now if you're a member of the board, you're saying, okay, 30 goes to 30. I don't want to be responsible for that. I'm willing to accept the fact that maybe I can't get an additional dollar. If I were Elon Musk, I'd make exploding offers. I said the other day, which is that, listen, now it's 50. So I think they almost have to. Now, Sarah, the one thing is they report this week. Yep. I do not expect a good quarter. So what do you want to do? Do you want to be hung, bad quarter, walk away, 28? But they could easily come back and say this stock price was sharply higher last year. Yes, it's a premium to where it's been this year before Elon started buying at the end of January. And yes, he's got financing, which is right. which appears to be a very key development mm-hmm. in this new consideration. But the, the stock price has been higher before. What, you think Elliot, Elliot well, likes 54 no, 20? I, just, I mean, they happen to have a very good board and there is no road back, road back, back to 70. There isn't because there was hyper enthusiasm for everything at that moment. And these guys could disappoint on several metrics. I, I think that I'd like to know Musk's plan over the weekend, but I bet you it's better than current management, which, by the way, we know a little bit. He, we, he's, he's, a, he's all for free speech. One big question, I think, is does he let the tweeter in chief, Donald Trump, back on Twitter? People want to know that. And, and he wants to get rid of all the bots. I mean, those are two kind of big, big well, ideas. OK, so that's he's got three. He's got three points over the current CEO who has not announced a plan. I think the current CEO got a bad hand. You know, he gets the job in November, hasn't been able to articulate Our, a position. Yeah. But I would say that uh, the people who use Twitter regard themselves as owners of Twitter. Uh, and the board uniquely seems to be a board that would be better for a tool and die company. None of them, not one of them tweets. So they don't know the experience. When you go, I mean, Musk is very personal and does answer people. But these are people who, if you look at this board, it's a really, really good board. But I don't think they know the difference between a heart from a block. A heart from a, a like, well, yeah. a like from a block. Yeah. I mean, the Brett Taylor, who's the co-CEO of Salesforce, Salesforce yeah. is a very, he's a process guy. He's also a nice person, meaning, and I don't mean that in a negative way. I'm saying that he's a process guy who is probably open to Elon Musk. You know, I think Ned Siegel's doing a terrific job as CFO basically running the company. But at the same time, where is the money being made on Twitter? Where are the margins which just go down, down, down? And user growth. They really haven't managed to get that up either. And they're not able, they've not been able to capitalize on commerce. Yes, they do have some good TV. I don't want to get too negative on But I think a a Musk, well, it won't matter. Musk is not going to get it to 70 because Musk is going to have a terminal value. But look, I I think that they really, if you're talking about liability as a board member, you want to be liable for that stock going back to 30. And I think the answer is I'll take 52 over 30. Not I'll take 52 over someday being at 70, even though he dumps the stock the moment he doesn't get it. Well, and, and the market's kind of pushed them in that direction as exactly well. Exactly right. Stock markets. I, Twitter's gone up every day. And Friday's awful sell-off. Thursday's oh. NASDAQ 
Man is a plan. Right? Man is a plan. Look, I, I think Twitter, if you read his feed, he's like the way it was supposed to be. Hey, it's fun. It's engaging. Maybe he'll answer you. Maybe he won't. Now, my Twitter feed, on the other hand, reminds me very much of as if I were, um, let's just say, in some sort of uh, concentration camp, which I don't have any desire to be in. Well, there's a lot of negativity. Is that what you're saying? A lot, lot of no, hate? No, I'm saying there's a lot of scatological comments. Now, I'm not alone. There are people who leave Twitter all the time because Twitter allows. Remember, Twitter wants engagement. Okay, engagement means to be foul and angry anonymously. It's successful. Versus Insta. Myth misogyny. That's what that's what my well, my Twitter account is. Fortunately, that's the one thing they haven't attacked before. Yeah. Well, does it mean anything for Tesla if he does go ahead with this deal? Is that bad? No, nah, he's he's like five people. He can people. do it. He can do it. I'm looking at the boring company plan, the Hyperloop. Yeah, tunnels. Who is that man? He doesn't like traffic. Wants to get rid of traffic. Well, you should just go for. Um, and he likes free one speech. Of the, uh, Joby. We'll see if we get a deal yeah, back today. Joby. Could be exciting. Coming up, it's Kramer's Mad Dash as we count you down to the opening bell. Take another look at futures here, and we continue to recover. We're now under a hundred uh, in terms oh, of Dow losses. People, you want you want to see more of a? Oh a yes, I want to see Exxon at eighty-four. Out. Okay. Down a thousand at the close on Friday. Four weeks in a row of losses down 5% for the Dow. from top to bottom. Thursday to Friday rarely happens. Yep, there it was. It was a brutal few days. S and P futures down sixteen. More squawk on the street when we come right back. Every day, thousands of Comcast engineers and technologists put people at the heart of everything they create, like Olu Sheyi, a Comcast engineer who grew up bonding with his dad over sports. This inspired him and his team to create AI Highlights technology that uses AI and machine learning to detect the major plays in a sporting event. So millions of fans have a way of catching up on their favorite sports. Learn more at ComcastCorporation.com. What's on the horizon for financial markets? At PGIM, it's a question that over 1,400 investment professionals relentlessly research in pursuit of your long-term goals. Specialized across asset classes, but united in collaboration, our teams provide global and local expertise. Our investments shape tomorrow, today. Pursue your tomorrow with PGIM, a leading global asset manager. Dow futures under a little pressure. Coca-Cola helping things out, kicking off a busy earnings week with a very strong quarter. Surprised analyst expectations with 18% organic revenue growth and a pretty upbeat outlook as well. At least they did not take down their outlook despite some cautious comments. We'll talk about that in a moment. We'll also talk to CEO James Quincy of Coca-Cola exclusively in the next hour of Squawk on the Street. The opening bell, just a few minutes away. Just minutes away from the open. Time now for Kramer's Mad Dash as we count you down to the opening bell. You're looking at telecom. Yes, you know, Sarah, a lot of our viewers are involved with Verizon or ATT. It's a very important piece today by, by Goldman Sachs, reinstating ATT as a buy, downgrading Verizon to neutral, basically saying that the risk reward for ATT with similar dividend is, is, I would say, much higher. Now, Verizon had a so-so quarter. ATT is spending a lot of money. Obviously, they're free from the shackles of what they're doing with Warner. So, I mean, I look at this. I, myself, was very um, skeptical about Verizon numbers. I expected more growth. What happened there? Um, you know, it, what happened there was, I would tell you, poor execution, frankly. Mm. I don't think there was any one thing. Uh, ATT is a black box. 
uh, people want to buy that, I think, are saying, well, you know what? People are selling the, their uh, Warner and buying this. I just think it's important to keep track of the fact that there's a 5.7% yield for ATT. I was going to say, capital allocation is key here. They think they're good for it. So I point that out that this is maybe a shift. People want to be uh, in the loser and out of the winner because Verizon just did not deliver. Hans Vestberg, uh, surprisingly, did not put up the growth that he had hinted about, and it was disappointing. Does it mean anything for T-Mobile? T-Mobile's going to have, I think, the same growth again. Uh, But you know, the growth's not winning here. So even one word about slippage and growth, and everybody is piranha. What's winning has been defensive stocks. If you look at what's worked so far this month, utilities, consumer staples, a little bit of health care. Mike Wilson, the, the chief U.S. strategist at Morgan Stanley this morning, argues that those stocks have become stretched now. There's nowhere else to rotate. And he says S&P is going to finally join now in the bear market because Wilson's of that. Right. I think that the, uh, the utilities are about to be scratched by the bear. I want people to watch American Electric Power, the best run. Uh, and, and by far, by the way, in great position, given the fact that the heartland is picking up a gigantic amount of, of industrial. That's the one to watch. It's moved up a great deal. Dominion secondarily because they've got uh, liquefied natural gas. Uh, such a good company. But I, I think that, look, Wilson took the victory rap that was deserved. Um, he took some heat. Than anyone. But I, I think that that group is next role. Let's talk about Kellogg's and let's talk about Mondelez. Let's talk about some Kellogg's of these. got a downgrade today. Yeah. And I think that those, you're looking at input costs that people are afraid of, box, glass, scene wrapper, uh, and then, of course, the actual fundament of what's in the box. And then the trucks at quadruple play against this. Coca-Cola, Kimberly Clark, P&G all had good quarters. There, there's the opening bell, CNBC's real-time exchange. Here at the big board, it's Kimball Tiger Acquisition Corp. Celebrating its recent listing at the NASDAQ. It's WSFS Financial celebrating the 35th anniversary as a public company there. And as we look for the open, it, it looks like, Jim, the only two sectors that are positive this morning, consumer staples and utilities and real estate. So th- well, those are the defensive sectors still spend. working. Can we Coke talk about earnings? Kimberly for a second? Yeah, Kimberly was okay, a good so quarter. Kimberly, 10% yes. organic growth. And what was incredible was they did have better technology than I thought. Uh, obviously, they were able to outrun raw costs. But their China numbers were good. And I, you know, it, was a, it was a refreshing surprise quarter uh, and a place to go. Uh, now, it's not a place to go if you're you know, seeking excitement, but it's a place to go if you're seeking yield. It's a good quarter. I think people are spending more time at home and they're spending more money on their household products. And they seem to be prioritizing those household products, toilet paper, tissues, even premium brands like well, P&G. They didn't see a trade down at all. Not at all. Now, this is one where people, if you're looking for a uh, work from home, you could do worse than that. The sectors that I like are work from home. OK. And I still like cybersecurity. And I think people are, are ignoring the fact that uh, at any given moment, we can expect something horrible to happen. You know, CrowdStrike and Palo Alto are my favorites. Right. And, and they've sold off. They've gotten dragged in with the, with, the growth, with the growth trade. They're the only growth stocks. I mean, someone put, by the way, there was a terrific note today uh, recommending Snowflake. Uh, Saw that, yeah. And, and you know, the, the thing that's so interesting about Snowflake is they actually have real growth. Uh, but is real growth a curse? Oh, look at that. At what group. price? At what price, though, Jim? That no, I don't up know. 2%. I mean, if I look at DoorDash, people are trying to call bottom of DoorDash at five times sales. I'll take 17 times earnings any day. Bang is cheaper research. than all these stocks. Get the Frank, Frank the Data Platform Tank. Well, Frank the Tank <laughs> is you know, it's kind of a 
I get it. Cinema <laughs> reference. $250 price target there. But that's an example. I mean, people like want that. so much to find something that's growth that they can get behind. And then you look at a DoorDash and you say, well, you know, Tony Shoes doing a terrific job. But five-time sales? Go back to 2016. Those companies that sold so you the like sales. It. You, you think this is the opportunity for stock? Well, not, no, nothing that sells at five-time sales. Oh, too high. Anything that sells at an actual multiple to earnings. Remember, I believe you have to be in companies that make things or do stuff at a profit, return capital that are not expensive. I'm asking for five things. Give them to me. Is Coca-Cola one of those? Because yes. that, that is leading staples. Yes. It's also leading the Dow today. 18% organic revenue growth is better than like any analyst that I saw preview this company. They've got pricing power. They're also seeing higher volumes. And I think importantly, they did not lower the guide, the guide no. at all, given no. all of the factors that will affect them from currencies to consumer spending to the China lockdowns. The Q1 net numbers in China were negative to the inflation story and the fact that, as Quincy said, it's well beyond just commodities. Yes, corn syrup prices have shot through the roof, but there's also transportation and logistics and just general expenses. Yes, but he did talk about the idea of more canned sheep. Now, when you have, I mean, think about what goes into, obviously, Coca-Cola. I would say transport's more important than anything. They can't find the drivers. But the fact yes. is, this was the first time I heard a CEO saying that some of the companies are reacting to the strength. Some of the plastic companies are trying to figure out why they should build more plants. But, yes, the aluminum, the, the companies that make cans are finally recognizing they've got pricing power and they should go do their thing. Uh, Coca-Cola did very well in 2000. So if you go during the April uh, 2000 period where the uh, dot-coms fell apart, yep. you went to Coca-Cola, you went to Bristol Mars. So, I mean, I think people are, are taking that strategy. Sorry, no, you see 13% the, you know, no, this year. Look at J&J for a second. Yeah. That quarter was pristine, and yet the stock fell. Is that right? Triple-A balance sheet, good yield, breaking into three, finally get the medical tech doing well. And that day, people didn't care. That day, people didn't care, and we're going to look back and say, that was my last chance, J&J. But that's a it's, it's a small it's an elite group. So you think that what other opportunities are presenting that? Because earnings season, I think of Stephanie Link. She calls it silly season, right? That you you seem to agree that the reactions are not indicative necessarily of what should be happening. No, I mean you know you got it. Look, I took home some stocks this weekend to look at, and you know look at the rails. It, it's the time for the rails, but you know, people are focused They're on the so fact cyclical, that CSX though. can't find people. No, 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 no. They're not necessarily cyclical as much as a takeaway from trucks and also environmental ESG. So I don't want to give up on them. But it's it's a classic example of, like, who cares? And you, what is China doing? China is going coal. Europe is going to have to go coal. And we have coal. We have a lot of coal. Coal and that gas serving yeah, us we have well. A lot that, and I'm, I'm mentioning, again, I, I don't want to cherry pick. I am saying that there are situations, I'm going to disagree, I've worked with Stephanie for a long time. It's silly season unless you just sit down like she does and I do and recognize when we go through certain companies, they're doing quite well. And if you got any sort of price relief, they would do even better. What do you think of the home builders? Well, they've been slammed, obviously. Target number one from the Fed right. is housing, right? right? It's so hot. They, they raise interest rates. You see it already in the mortgage rates. We're above 5%. And... The thinking there is that housing will slow. It will. The question is, have the home builders priced in too much? Because we still okay. have supply issues, Now, that's right? exactly what I'm getting. Now, I, I'm not you recommending Lenore. I'm not recommending Toll Brothers. But I'm looking at the compression. And a lot of the price targets coming down are compression. 
Okay. And people want to pay. At what point will they pay four times Lenar earnings? When Lenar cuts numbers very big and it turns out it's 16 times earnings. I, I just find that we're caught up in a cycle or where the numbers peaks. must be cut first. I do wonder, though, we get we get PCE inflation. That's the Fed's preferred right. number on Friday. And, and I do wonder if we are near a peak. And Powell would not say that. He said we have to plan as if we're not. But we may have right. peaked. Yellen said we may have peaked. If we get a what, peak. What, what did we peak on? What have we peaked? Well, we core need, CPI, a lot of people No, did but I'm come saying we need, I mean, is it used cars? Didn't get that last yes. week. We're, we're not enough. I thought that used, remember, used, a lot of these numbers are down 30% from a ridiculous high. But we need to see used cars down. We need to see lumber down. We need to see glass down. We need to see paint down. Well, I mean, used cars may be a little, but we need to see more than anything else in the world, semiconductors. And semiconductors continue to be the bottleneck, and we're not building semi-factories. Uh, Taiwan said, you know, $40 billion in, in, uh, in CapEx. But I find we well, have to see today. more peaks. We have You're not to convinced. see more peaks. You're not convinced. Well, no, because but- a lot of people think that, you know, Costin today, David Costin, Goldman Sachs, Chief Equity Strategist, writing about how tech actually could start to work here if the federal engineers a soft landing because of slower growth, not a recession. And if we're starting to see peak numbers around I find, find myself agreeing with Costin. He does a, you know, Costin's very empirical. Most people are a little too anecdotal. I've been too anecdotal today. Uh, but what I really like about what he says is, at a certain point, we want growth again. But we have to have growth when all price targets are cut and when there are many people who have given up. Have many people really given up, Sarah? I think people are clinging. I think the sentiment is negative, but it, you're right. It doesn't feel like capitulation no. yet. What, what, what do we need to see to see that? We need the price see, targets cut. We need to see people come in and say, I can't take it anymore. I'm taking DoorDash to a cell and Airbnb to a cell, and I don't care about Fang. I think that they're a disaster, which they're not. I'll learn this week. They're all reporting. Right. I'll tell you what else I'm looking at. The autos. Uh, Mary Barr, new product lineup. Uh, Jim Farley, new product lineup. Will people care more about the product lineup or will they care about the $2.5 billion hit that Ford has to take when it comes to commodities? And those, are, those will be as gut-wrenching They've as They've erased fact. a lot of the gains from the hype around oh. EVs and the, and the product lineup. Because they're also cyclical, right? And they respond to higher rates. Oh, cyclical. I, let's most. watch. I mean, it's, it, you know, look, I like, I'm looking at Merck, I'm looking at Pfizer, I'm looking at Bristol-Myers. Not this week's, AbbVie is this week's business. And I think AbbVie is a pretty good quarter. But again, I'm looking for things that can buck this trend. Uh, and I also need oil to be down. Now, not necessarily the oil stocks, because a lot of them are offering a dividend that is variable. And say if we Below get 100 today you, again on WTI. Well, you need 90. Five and a half percent you lower. Need 90. You, you need 90. Need, well, you have, uh, what? Uh, it's on China concerns. China's using 10% decline. 10% decline from the last month. When does she come to his senses? Even if he does, it's not like a quick fix. Even if, even if they start to roll out mass vaccinations, right? We learned... It's hard to avoid getting this thing. I don't know when you're a communist dictatorship and you have the Eighth Army building, you know, bridges overnight. I think they can figure it out. Meantime, there's now mass testing in Beijing, and there are worries that the lockdown is only expanding. I, I got news for them. Chinese currency is down one percent That's huge. The two lines are red. I mean, you know, I keep waiting for them to adopt. We've, been, we've all been there. <laughs> I keep waiting for them to adopt something that we've done right. Uh, but they're, again, self-inflicted, and then Russia is self-inflicted. But I don't know. Russia's, again, the wild card. We don't want to ever I- ignore it. I will say on the, on the inflation theme, all commodities are lower today on this China theme, from zinc 
to oil, gold, aluminum, iron ore on the, on the weakening China story. So does J-PAL say, ooh, maybe it'll go my way? Or does J-PAL say, I don't care, I know, I have to take it where it has to go? He has to take it where it has to go because it's become so expansive. And you don't US. go for 75? We talked to Loretta Mester, Cleveland Fed, very centrist, yes. I think, and reasonable on, on Friday. She was the last, actually, Fed speaker to talk before yes. quiet period. So you're not going to hear about Fed speakers this week. And she said, we, we don't need just 75 because we, we haven't even done 50. We can do multiple 50, which is more steady, and see how the economy and the market react. Take a, 90, a 94 approach. Dependent. 94 approach. A lot of people double. are drawing 94 comparisons. Today, well, 94 Tony works. Dwyer of Canaccord Genuity says, actually, in 94, after a lot of negative sentiment when the Fed started, Alan Greenspan got really hawkish, right. summer actually turned out to be good. It was a big reprieve. It was a, he yeah. likes that tactically and then Absolutely. sell off into the end of the year. That was a market that had... Uh, you started to have, you had a great fall, uh, and I, not great fall, great autumn, right. better. Uh, and I, I want that, but remember, they were 50, 50, 75. And the 75 was kind of like in a movie when you're watching, and the, but they didn't the have bad guy gets up then. one more turn. It's very poof. different, right? They didn't have forward guidance, and they didn't have an inflation problem like this. I don't know. I'm, I'm, a, I'm reluctant to say this time is different. So I, if, I if we right. did get 75, for which Bullard has Bullard. sort of put out there, I, I don't think it was his base case. No, and they won't do it, it. But we don't want to sit here and have water dripping and water dripping. We need it done, okay? We need the mortgage rates go to 5.5, and people are no They're longer 27 best and final. No, I'm saying, but we need people to say, I Enough. got my lock-in. I'm not, you know, I got my mortgage, so therefore I'm buying a house. That's what people do. They get their mortgage to buy a house. You need people to say, you know what? I'm not getting my mortgage and I ain't buying a house. Uh, we also need, what I feel about bad for Jay Powell is this work from home has created the two-home situation. Mm-hmm. So people almost feel like they have to have a second home who are wealthy enough. Uh, and then you have uh, Brian Moynihan's number where people have a couple thousand dollars and now they have, say, 10, 12,000 of which they can live on. Thank heavens, because we have ways to be able to live in this country that are uh, for a person who doesn't make fortune, so to speak. Sure. But, you know, I look at I look at this market today and I don't want people to buy this non dip. You have to recognize that it's nine forty two. <laughs> we have tremendous margin pressure because people uh, there's still enough the idiots. I mean, huge. people who are stupid, who uh, who are on margin. I know that final hour that at three o'clock, we've, we have been all over the map. We are selling off and the, and the soft is picking off. We've so gotten three quarters of a percent on the S&P. What do you think of retail here? So retail is it, it, it's winners and losers. I think it depends from what I from the analysts I talked to. It really depends when it comes to rising rates and retail on where you are on the income spectrum. Right. If you're catering to the lower income consumer, a dollar store, a five below. Th- those have been better. Those have been too right? good. Those have been too good. Again, wrong side but of the trade. People would, would trade down. It makes sense. We really need to see Macy's up. Who knows what's going on with That's Kohl's. the middle. That's harder. Well, Kohl's. We have, we have, Gap. Look at what happened with we Gap. We have a middle class in the country. Unlike almost every other, any other co- I mean, what, they're, they just, get they're destroying the middle class in China. They get Who knows on what's inflation and higher yeah, rates. But we want to see Home Depot stop at two ninety nine. We don't want to see Home Depot continue to cascade. Home it, Depot being with, oh, when you look at that, my watch list, 297. This is your watch list. Yeah, it's my watch list. What about Deer? Got a, got a Bank of America, took it down. Uh, they well, said that, they, that earnings have not peaked, but it's, it's in the high. stock. All right, I'll take the other side oh, of yeah, that Oh, yeah, fertilizer. Trade. They saw yeah, some worldwide pressure fam. there. Worldwide Family's calling the top? Manna from heaven? 
heard back from 40, per, 40 dealers and less than 40 percent plan to order more equipment this year versus 57 percent a year ago. Well, that was sort of surprising to them. Uh, uh, all I can say is that the farmers are a protected class. And anytime you ever have a decline in inventory, uh, they increase the inventory. I think that Agco told a very positive story, much more worldwide. Uh, tremendous, you know, 13 percent of the calories in the world come from Ukraine. So you have to you have to plant furiously away from that. There is a soybean. Uh, there's a there's a real problem with soybeans in Brazil. But I just don't want to get rid of this ag trade. I think the ag trade's too good. Stick with it. Yeah. Because of now structural problems. Well, it's not like people are saying, you know what? I'm, no. And the Fed can't do anything about that. Right. Well, wheat's too, wheat and corn are too high. I'm not going to eat. I mean, well, you know, we don't, they don't, they don't go for famine. No, it's a disaster. At the IMF meetings well, last week. Is it a disaster? Yes, because a lot of the emerging markets and low-income countries that don't produce these commodities... It's, it's trouble. And the IMF is warning of unrest because oh, in other times where we've seen commodities scale these heights, well, that's what f- happens. Famine, that's been the source of unrest in yep. history. But I come back and say American technology, very good numbers from Dow when it comes to, to seed. The fertilizer will come back. I don't think it's too constrained. That's a Russian issue. Um, and farm equipment. I'm building a positive case for ag. If, I, if you leave ag right now, I think you're leaving one of the great secular growth stores. Fertilizer stocks, too. They've worked well. Yeah, that's been, that's it. That's a Russia They're, Ukraine They story. open up one more plant and it plummets. That's, see, I'm looking for situations where there's a near term, one more plant, one more plant. We need one more plant plastic, one more plant steel. One more, I mean, uh, look, I, I think you have to watch Nucor here. I got my chapel trust sold Nucor too early. Nucor is the best steel company in the world. Watch that. One more plant and maybe things go down. Well, for now, we are following Asia and Europe lower. Every sector in the S&P 500 is down. Energy leading the declines. Let's get to Bob Bassani on the floor with more color. Bob. Hello, Sarah. Happy Monday, everybody. We tried rallying off of the bottom right after the open, and it hasn't really worked very well. Let's just take a look at the sectors. Briefly, consumer staples were in positive territory uh, on Coke, up about 2%. That was helping the, the Dow, uh, but not anymore. Van X Semiconductor ETF, uh, not that far from 52-week lows. Uh, it is interesting to watch energy weaken in the last three or four days. There's the see the XOP, that's the oil and gas exploration production, and even jets, which is essentially the airline business, which had a terrific rally last month, also down uh, in the last four days. Let me just show you the exploration production stocks today, all notably lower. And of course, two things going on here. One is you've got the, the COVID restrictions in China, which are definitely impacting estimates of global oil and gas uh, demand. Uh, and we're going to see some problems there. Uh, and of course, secondly, you've got concerns about a, a slowdown in general being induced by the Federal Reserve. But you see Halliburton, Schlumberger, these stocks were all big, big leaders uh, up until about a week ago. Same with, uh, and Jim mentioned Nucor, same with the big material names, Mosaic, Freeport, Nucor. I call them the big three of the material names. I mean, Freeport was $50 four days ago. We're talking 20% decline in Freeport McMoran. So one of two things is happening or both. Number one, they too are pricing in a, a slowdown in demand from China or slowdown in demand induced by the Federal Reserve. One of those two things are probably both definitely hitting uh, this whole sector. Nucor just went positive, as you see. As for earnings, the big story this week is going to be Apple and Microsoft. We need them to have decent numbers. Uh, It's been a very, very tough time here. And Microsoft, frankly, has not been a great performer. People tend to think it's been holding up well, but it's 20 percent, 21 percent off of its 52-week highs. Apple a little better. NVIDIA, everyone knows, has been a mess, 45 percent off AMD and Amazon. These are really 
really noticeable declines. And of course, the only reason we don't complain about them is compared to what I call the secondary mega cap tech names, uh, the Kathy Wood stuff, the Zoom video or PayPal or Shopify uh, or Block. Uh, mega cap, what we call quality mega cap, the Apple and NVIDIA's are doing much better. But still, these are rather remarkable declines. Speaking of uh, ARC, uh, today. We've had a total round trip. Today, actually, ARC briefly opened positive. There it is, still positive. But you see that round trip. We bottomed back in early uh, part of March, rallied, and then completely came back down. So we're essentially sitting again right here near, uh, near two-year lows here. The very loyal crowd, though, she has not lost any of her shares outstanding. That is remarkable. 45, 50% decline in, in one year. And yet, uh, the people who hold the, sh the fund are not selling the shares out. That's rather remarkable. Very intense, loyal base still. Meantime, the big discussion at the ETF conference a week and a half ago was bond alternatives. The RIAs are panicking over the fact that they still have 60-40 stock bond portfolios and their investors are clamoring for alternatives. So we are seeing significant inflows into ETFs covering used to be obscure corners of the market, like covered calls, for example, getting inflows, preferred stocks getting inflows, master limited partnerships, despite the significant issues around taxation, are getting significant inflows. And finally, Sarah was mentioning more defensive stocks, high dividend, low volume. Volatility. The big star this year in the ETF universe is a very uh, obscure little ETF uh, that Invesco runs called the High Dividend Low Volatility ETF. I just want to show it to you. SPHD uh, is the symbol, and it has been seeing consistent inflows. It hit a, fifth, it hit a historic high uh, just late last week, just off of that right now. But, Sarah, you were talking about this. This is stuff like Altria. It's stuff like Philip Morris. Uh, it's stuff uh, that Johnson & Johnson, for example. Quality stuff pays consistent dividend, but not necessarily a big economic grower overall. Sarah, back to that, you. That's what investors want right now. Yep. Low, low growth, high dividends, lots of cash. Bob, thank you. Okay. Bob Pisani. And a reminder, you can get in on the CNBC Investing Club with Jim. Sign up. Find out more. CNBC.com slash join the club or just point your phone right there at the QR code on the screen and it'll take you straight there. Before we head to break, want to hit the bond report. Let's take a look at how treasuries are faring this morning. And there's buying for a change with yields Amen. a little bit lower, down to down below 280 on the 10-year, which is interesting because that's given support to the stock market lately, right. especially the Nasdaq. When Not it, so much today because there's it, worries about China growth. When it went above 280, we were panicking. 290 like, was scary. Right. And now under 280, we're panicking about growth. It's always something. We'll be right back here on Squawk on the Street. Stocks are under pressure here in the early going, and the hardest hit part of the market right now is energy. There's a look at some of the big oil players down 3-4%. Every stock in the S&P 500 energy sector right now is lower. The sector's down 3.8%. There are concerns about Chinese growth on increasing lockdowns there on COVID. We'll be right back here on Squawk on the Street. Jim. What's on Mad Money tonight? First, I've enjoyed working this with is, you This tremendously. was fun, yeah. Uh, we have Otis, Jimmy Marsh. She has been a hitter, and I think she'll continue to do so. She tightened the range of the future. And then a uh, rare interview, Mark, Mark Bitzer, who is just sensational. Whirlpool obviously caught up in every single issue we have, whether it be housing, whether it yep. be raw costs. And meanwhile, ex execution is extraordinary, so let's just give him that, please. That stock has really come down. It was at like 250 or so uh, last you year. You know what? Sometimes there's opportunities with the 4% yield and the possibility of buying back even more. 72 million shares goes to 60 million shares in five years. That ain't bad. Upside risks. Yep. Thank you, Jim. This was fun. You've been listening to the opening bell on CNBC's Squawk on the Street. 
This podcast is supported by FedEx. Dear small and medium businesses, no one wants happy customers more than you do. So you need a business partner just like you. Like FedEx, who understands your passion for serving your customers because they have the same commitment towards you. That's why FedEx offers you picture proof of delivery, packageless and paperless returns, as well as weekend home delivery to 98% of the U.S. on Saturday and 50% on Sunday. See the FedEx service guide for delivery information. What's more, FedEx Ground is faster to more locations than UPS Ground. Trust FedEx for timely deliveries. See what FedEx can do for your business. Absolutely, positively FedEx.